elderly patients require special care. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. The most recent U.S. Census shows that an estimated 15% of the American population is now 65 or over. In 20 years, that percentage will grow to about 22%. And those people living long enough to form a subgroup of elderly patients, who are those over 85 years old, has been shown to grow three to four times faster than the general population every 20 years. So how can healthcare providers keep up with a growing population that is living longer, but not necessarily living in good health during their later years. With us to discuss this is Dr. Joel Sander, the Director of Geriatrics at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Sander. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. So let's discuss. Is there a hospital that is geriatric friendly, or what incorporates such a thing? Across the country right now, Hospitals are trying, hospital systems are trying to become age friendly. And this means that everywhere along the line, from the emergency room to their outpatient services, and especially on their inpatient services, they're trying desperately to improve their function so that they can attend to the real needs of seniors in the healthcare system. And we've been doing that in a straight line of progressive function here at St. Barnabas since 2005. Now, you talked to me before about the four M's. What do they stand for and what does it mean? Well, they're among the different plans to do this correctly, it's important for all healthcare workers to understand that seniors have special needs. And by paying attention to the four M's, we can get them to learn and practice better care for seniors. And the first thing to ask a patient is what matters to them. What matters? What do they want for their aging years? How would they like to see their health progress? Do they want special care when they're very sick? Do they want to, to use special services to stay alive? What are their real goals? Is it pain relief? Is it mobility? Is it to be with family? Where do they want to live? What matters to a patient is frequently overlooked by people in the healthcare system. So the first one of these four M's is what matters. The second is what medications are they on? So many of our seniors are on medications that have really negative side effects. And those side effects can really ruin a patient's later years. And a lot of doctors in the community and here in the hospital need to be educated on the medications and their value versus their risks. We do a lot of de-prescribing. We take medicines away from people all the time with excellent results. The third is what is their mental ability? Are they able to think for themselves? Do they need help? Are they losing cognitive ability? Are they not able to do the things they used to because of their mental abilities? Or are they depressed? The prevalence of depression in our population is so high, at times in the outpatient clinic is over 40% of the people who come to our clinic. Addressing depression is one of the most satisfying things I've done with my years in geriatrics. And the last M is mobility because People who are aging may have trouble walking. They may have trouble getting across the room. They may have pain that stops them from ambulating. They may not be able to get out of the bed to get to the bathroom. And these are critical 
for living healthy and happy senior years. So the four M's, what matters, your medication, how are you thinking whether you're depressed, and whether you can move around are the crucial parts that every healthcare worker needs to address to make an age-friendly hospital. I read somewhere that while 15% of the community consists of what we'd call elderly patients, almost 50% of inpatients in hospitals are elderly. I would guess that in general, a hospital is not a good place for an elderly person. Absolutely, and that's why we need to make the hospital more age-friendly. Um, one of the things that we've been doing is we've developed the ACE unit or the acute care for the elderly unit. And our very newest of, of these endeavors has beautiful rooms with nurses who are receiving training in geriatrics with a nurse practitioner and in the future a geriatrician as well to manage their inpatient stay. The big problem with a hospital stay for a senior is deconditioning and the risk of confusion. If patients who are hospitalized suffer from delirium, it severely impacts what happens to them, whether they can go home, and whether or not they're going to have the same set of mental functions when they leave. So it's crucial for us to pay attention to any particular senior when they're admitted so that deconditioning and confusion and delirium do not take hold. Now, I know you're a geriatrician. You're certified as a physician who works with older patients. Whether it's an inpatient or outpatient setting, how important is it for a senior to deal with a geriatrician? It can be extremely valuable to a senior because a lot of the things that we do are not yet taught across the board in medical school. They're catching up. I know the curriculum at all medical schools today is now including geriatrics training along with internal medicine training. And this is a goal of uh, major societies because it shouldn't be an option for an internist or a family physician or a surgeon for that matter to not know about the particular nature of how we age and whether or not the medical treatments that we're going to receive are appropriate for us or safe for us. You told me before about delirium being concerned that you have for inpatients. Let's define what it is and how does it manifest itself. Mm. Delirium is a sudden change in mental function, not typical of the patient's baseline. And it can come on for a variety of reasons. A large number of patients will be fine on Monday. And then on Tuesday, when they have an illness, suddenly become confused. And it's characterized by inattention and either a problem with staying awake or oriented to their environment along with illogical thinking. When a person goes through this, it is not just a simple confusion. It may be a harbinger of really bad illness. It could be because of an infection. It could be cause of a drug side effect. It could be because of heart failure. So many different risk factors go into it. But in the end, it has a price to pay because most of those patients will have a decline in mental function, a much higher death rate, and they may not be able to live alone after that event. They may actually be referred to a nursing facility, uh, which is really a sad outcome for people who otherwise should go home and able to 
rejoin their their life and, and take control of uh, of their lives. I, I guess the advantage again talking about a dedicated inpatient unit is that you've got specialists who are looking out for things like this, looking out for um, changes in the patient's function, delirium, bed sores, that sort of thing, nutrition, mobility. That's all part of what you and your staff really are on the lookout for. You know, the three things that we can do in a unit like that that make the most sense are to make sure the patient gets fed, to make sure the patient gets moving, because you must get them moving, and to reorient them and remind them where they are, or they will become confused. And then the families can be of such incredible help because they can help with that. They can encourage them to eat. They can take them for walks, okay? And they can also help them to remain oriented, obviously, by talking to them. And they can bring in their hearing aids and their glasses and make sure that they have their teeth. Because if the patients come into the hospital and they can't hear what's going on, or they can't see what's going on, they're much more likely to waste away. They're much more likely to have the bad outcomes of delirium that we're so afraid of. I guess it's fair to say that you and your staff also work closely with family. It's essential. And you encourage family. A- absolutely. And for that reason, visiting hours on units like that are always expanded, and nurses will go to great lengths to help the family come and stay at the bedside and be of assistance. Now, I know we've talked about this before, the problem of polypharmacy. You've got patients who may take 6, 10, 12 different medications, and I guess if suddenly you're uh, introducing new medications, this can be a problem. So that's something you also monitor very closely, I would assume, right? I think one of the best parts about doing geriatric consultations and evaluations is taking a look at these endless lists of medications that have accumulated from a variety of different places because people today frequently go to a series of different doctors who don't necessarily talk to each other. And one of the keystones of being sensitive to geriatrics is to collaborate with different parts of the healthcare system and simplify the medications. Everyone should be on the same page with how they want to approach a particular treatment. It's a pleasure to de-prescribe. Also, St. Barnabas Hospital is about to open a geriatric ED. First of all, why is that important? Why do you need an emergency room that is dedicated towards older patients? This is a trend that has been going on now for about 10 to 12 years. We had a grant with the Samuels Foundation from 2013 through 2015, in which we explored the value of uh, a uh, geriatric-capable emergency room. And I'm so proud of our emergency department because they have never lost the focus of that grant time. And opening this new four-bedded unit is just a, a wonderful thing. First of all, seniors in the emergency room, it's a prime area for becoming confused. If you've ever been to a busy emergency room, you know that there's just such a great degree of noise and distraction. And for a a compromised senior, this could be the first step towards confusion and delirium. I know you told me it's uh, taking them away from the mayhem of a busy ER, but there's also differences as far as the lighting goes, as far as the surface of the floors, things like that, right? Some uh, of the geriatric emergency rooms have 
done as much as to try to control the lighting, uh, the space between the beds, the ability of the families to be next to the patient. Uh, we will have some lighting controls. We will also have more space for families. That's very, very important. And also removal from the mayhem, from the noise level. Uh, there may be other very sick people around them and, and things going on that could be very distracting and confusing. Now also, your staff is also involved in the transition. I would think it's very important. The patient is in the hospital for whether a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then there's the next step. Short stays are obviously better than long stays for many, many reasons. And one of the things that we're going to be able to do is to definitely focus on getting people home. Okay, and if they come from a facility, getting them back to that facility as quickly as possible. Long hospital stays benefit really nobody. Something we touched on earlier is about cognitive impairment, about mental illness. I know there's no secret that older people have a very high suicide rate. Uh, that's something you're also, I guess, always on the lookout for, whether it's an inpatient or an outpatient, right? Especially on the, on the outpatient side, because... The issue about suicide in the elderly is really that they're very good at getting it done. So the ef efficiency of, of a suicide attempt is scary in older patients. They really mean it when they do it, and it's not for attention, it's for effect. So psychiatrists are very, very aware, and medical staff needs to be aware that when people are depressed enough or have psychiatric problems that are severe enough to take that extraordinarily seriously. We did talk about briefly is the importance of family. I know a lot of us who are getting older are dealing with elderly loved ones now who may have been very independent at one time. They had everything pretty much together and suddenly they're more forgetful. Suddenly the question whether they can be independent is the loss of independence. I guess family, again, plays an integral role in everything that you're doing, right? I think that, you know, this particular generation that is being called the sandwich generation because they're taking care of their own children and then they're taking care of their own parents and the pressures on them are astounding. So we invite families to come in and work with us, whether it's inpatient or outpatient. And we respect the fact that they're under incredible pressure. Uh, that means that we have to pay attention to the needs of the caregiver and to be sensitive to whether or not they are suffering from this interaction. And I guess education then is a big part of that. Absolutely. Also support. There are agencies and, and, and free resources and social work resources uh, in the community and in Barnabas that make things easier and more manageable for these people. The Medicaid program for empowering family to become the home health care worker for their own family has been a big boon for many patients. They actually get paid for that, right? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And of course, it answers the question, where will the workforce come? It's going to take care of all our seniors. You mentioned that we're in a population explosion, basically, for seniors. Uh, where is the workforce? It's not coming from outside the country. It's going to have to be us, and it's going to have to come from our own families. So efforts like this to get family members who are willing to help out with their own parents 
are the most beneficial. And you know, we find in the vast majority of cases that these are more caring and dedicated people for their own relatives. And I guess in the Bronx, you know, and I know, I don't want to make generalization, but I know a lot of Hispanic families keep their elderly very close. And I guess you see that too. Different ethnic groups can really show you a different sense of honor and respect um, for their families. Of course, all people uh, pay attention to their parents in general, but there are some where seniors are considered uh, truly honored. And it's wonderful to see how families rally around a senior and help take care of extraordinarily difficult circumstances. Well, uh, Dr. Sandu, we've run out of time now, but thank you very much. We really appreciate a few minutes. It was a pleasure to be here. For more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for joining us.